What's good, y'all? It's your girl, Coach K Woods, and welcome to Empowering Real Talk. This podcast is dedicated to dismantling negativity through raw, unfiltered conversations. We're going to dive into a wide array of topics from mental health awareness to personal entrepreneurial growth, financial literacy, and beyond. Our mission is to spark necessary dialogues that's going to drive positive change on both an individual and collective level. In order for us to grow individually and as a whole, these conversations are necessary. Make sure you are subscribing on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Be sure to rate and review each episode and we appreciate your support. Let's get started. The Empowering Real Talk store, powered by Upgraded Mindsets, is promoting positivity with empowering quotes to help keep you inspired and motivated. Check out up to a dozen encouraging quotes available on hats, hoodies, housewares, and more. Also, stop by and check out the quick growing ebook and self-help resource section as well. Go to www.upgradedmindsetswithaz.shop and start shopping positive today. What up, guys? Welcome back to Empowering Real Talk. It is your girl, Coach K. Woods. And yes, I am back with another dope session. If you have not, please be sure to subscribe here to the YouTube channel if you see my beautiful face. But if you are listening on your favorite podcast streaming platform, then make Empowering Real Talk a favorite as well. Go ahead and rate, review. I am loving you guys' feedback, so keep it coming, okay? If you see me here on YouTube, then you see I am not here by myself. So I'm going to allow my guest the honor of introducing himself. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I am uh, Don St. John, Dr. Don St. John. And I am really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, it feels good already. So let's go. All right. I love it. I love it. So Don, please share with my audience a little bit about you, um, a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today, because I'm super excited to dig in with you about some conversations. So let us know a little bit about you. We definitely want to hear your backstory. OK, well, you know, uh, it's hard to know exactly where to start. So I'll say that my my story is a story of healing, mm. a story of rather dramatic healing. Mm. Uh, I grew up outside of New York City in a state tenement building. Uh, you know, my parents didn't have much money. We didn't have a car. And uh, there was a good deal of violence in, in my home, most of it directed towards my brother and me, uh, mostly by my mother. Uh, my father was very disengaged and, uh, you know, he, he kind of liked to humiliate us, especially me. And, you know, it was a great, there was a great deal of trauma in those first 15, 18 years of life, starting with birth. I almost died at birth. And, you know, oh, wow. there's enough evidence that uh, a trauma at birth can have lasting effects. 
And here's what I've come to conclude. Here's one of my principal messages that I would like to share with your audience. Please. Now, how do you refer to yourself? I heard you say K. K, Keisha? Yep, it's Keisha or Coach K, either one. Um, I identify with both. So either one that you feel comfortable with, please go ahead. I love Keisha. So I'm going to just you. Keisha. <laughs> Here's the here's my primary take-home message. If you've had a real challenging childhood, you can see it as a gift. Mm -hmm. Now, that sounds a little bizarre, I know, but here's <laughs> why, and it's my life story. It provided the motivation that I needed to continue on a healing track. And you know, I no longer think about being normal. Mm -hmm. you know? I love that. Too often, people believe they had a normal childhood, so they go about their life pursuing money or whatever they do, because, you know, in terms of their own development, everything is normal. It's okay. Right. Why bother? But those of us who were really injured and, you know, had problems feeling good about ourselves, had problems sustaining a, a relationship, a, a good intimate marriage, for example, uh, we had to do something about it or continue in our suffering. And when you commit to doing something about it and you begin to search for the resources that are available in the world to help you, to support you, to illuminate you, mm. there are so many possibilities out there and you know i'm glad this is on video because i'm 80 years old mm. oh my god Ron, i never would have thought i love right. it I right love it. <laughs> yeah i know that and you know i i also have a lot of challenges mostly from my genetics and the effects of those early years, for sure. But at 80 years old, I'm pretty vital, fluid. I teach fluid movement. My wife and I teach fluid movement, continuum fluid movement to 40-year-olds. Mm. We're teaching them how to move fluidly in their body. So that's why I say if you've had real challenges and you use that as an incentive to become fully yourself, not normal, because normal isn't so enviable as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Look at what's normal and it's kind of sad. You know, oh, it's, my goodness. it's definitely sad. It, you you said so much in just those few minutes um, because 
we have normalized a lot of things that shouldn't be normalized. Um, Absolutely. As far as our childhoods, you know, a lot of us will say, oh, you know, my childhood wasn't any different than anybody else's. Why do you believe that? Um, You know, I went through these things, but it made me who I am today. Um, I can say that, but I don't necessarily like to wear that as a badge of honor sometimes, if that makes sense, because I don't want to normalize havoc anymore. And me normalizing that, me saying that is going to normalize it for the next generation to say that it's okay to continue that cycle. And I don't agree with that. Um, I strongly believe that it's time that we have to make a hell of a lot of changes. Um, And it's never too late for us to do that. I love the fact that you are 80 years old and you are walking, still walking in your healing journey. But because you are now at a level where your healing journey is allowing you to empower and inspire so many others, because you have a long list of things that you are doing to help society, to help community, to help individuals. And I so admire that about you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it, it is a journey. Mm-hmm. It, I, I called it an adventure of a lifetime. Right. I and, can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, adventures are usually challenging at times. You know, think of going on a, a backpacking trip yeah. for a week. You're going to encounter a lot of unexpected challenges. Uh, surprises, but the rewards, you know, the rewards of being out there, the rewards of the views that you're going to be blessed to witness. I mean, you know, the fresh air, the excitement, it's an adventure. It is. It definitely is. Um, The newness. Um, I have, you know, began this shift in my journey in 2020. Um, Before that, yeah, I lived a life of normal thinking. Um, I've always been, and and a lot of people called me a problem child. And, you know, I'll take that for whatever reason. But now looking back from a healing standpoint, I always wanted answers from then, but no one was capable because they were all going through their own things. So no one was able to give me the answers because they didn't have them. And we were just so used to being in havoc. So because I didn't want to be in havoc and I was asking questions about getting out of havoc, I was the problem child. And I think that that's really something that's been so embedded and programmed into our society that when we do have these type of conversations, people kind of give you the side eye or they they looking at you a little funny, like, mm, you trying to cause problems. No, I'm trying to be the change that I wanted to seek, you know, that I wanted for so many years. And I'm going to take that step. Um, what was like the pivotal moment for you, um, for you to decide that it was time for you to like really step into that healing journey? Before I answer that question, Keisha, I want to say, you know, you were considered the problem child, but you're looking for the solution. There you and, go. And that, that, you know, has been called in mythology, uh, the hero's journey. You know, oh. the, one, the one who doesn't quite fit in the group, in the community, mm-hmm. in the family. And you know, is called, you know, feels like a calling to, to go out, to find the truth. 
you know, yeah. to find answers, uh, to find connections. So you leave the comfort and the havoc, but it's familiar, yeah. you know, you, you muster up the courage to leave and go on this adventure and you encounter a lot of help along the way and you encounter some big big challenges along the way and eventually you get the answers that you're looking for and you can then teach others yeah, so so i commend you thank um, you I appreciate having, that. having the courage to take that journey uh to answer your question it was a very specific moment i was old 19 years old maybe 20 you know stationed in tampa florida uh my high school girlfriend and i had broken up a year before and i began drinking pretty heavily and one morning I woke up, it was about five o'clock. I was in the back seat of my car and I was bleeding from my throat. I mean, mm. it really scared the, you know what, out of I me. <laughs> and I can imagine. And, you know, I went to the base hospital. I was at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida. And it turned out that it wasn't a major thing issue i had burst a little vessel in my throat we were hollering and screaming and drunk and you know and i looked in the mirror and i said self you need help mm. and i went to the yellow pages and found a psychiatrist that who worked on saturdays and i made an appointment and i started in group therapy uh he wasn't a good therapist, but he said one thing that changed my life, and that was get a PhD. And I said, you know, you got to be jiving. I, I mean, I barely went to high school. I graduated, but mm -hmm. I didn't really attend high school. Right. Uh, and, you know, a few years later, I was in a PhD program. So, oh. and you know, one foot in front of the other. I realized somewhere along the way that just talk therapy was never going to be enough to deal with what I had to deal with. I had to address the body and then my relationships and then my spirituality. So, yeah, that's how it was. That's how that it went down. sense of wholeness. Um, and I love that you brought that up. Um, and I, I'm just so like, I, I will say that I'm just proud of you for one, identifying that, um, therapy is looked at as a negative thing. And still to this day, it's looked at as a negative thing. Um, it's not looked at as something that is really out to help us. Um, so the fact that you took that initiative, so that length of time ago, I think it's phenomenal. Um, but you said a great thing. It, it's a whole thing, right? It has mm. to be mind, body, soul, spirit. Like you've got to be ready to heal all of that. You know, whether you had, too. yeah, 
Yeah, there you go. Um, because what I found um, is a lot of times, especially when it comes to relationships, we sometimes feel like that we're supposed to bring our baggage into new relationships, whether it's, you know, domestic relationships, friendships, um, business relationships. Um, and we, again, because we have normalized the havoc in our lives, we believe that we're supposed to bring the havoc into somebody else's. And I don't agree with that. Um, but I feel like a lot of times people don't want to take the time out. We don't want to face our demons. We don't want to face them because we know it's going to be some ugly, ugly, ugly <laughs> things that are going to come behind that. But in order for us to really walk that healing journey, we got to face those uglies. Um, you know, and just being able to say, you know what, I understand that this has to tie to this because that's our inner self. Our inner self involves healing mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, and I know that you work with all of that, you know, so what is the importance of identifying our inner selves and why it's so important to heal every aspect, not just one? It's it's really important for, for a number of this different reasons. Uh, perhaps the most important is when we don't, we are simply reacting out of old habits, out mm -hmm. of old wounds, and we don't go any deeper. We stay on that surface of reactivity yeah. where our souls are divorced from our minds, mm -hmm. from our consciousness. So that process of going inside and you know learning who we are and it's not easy Ooh, not at uh, all <laughs> it it helps to have help yeah that help can be in the form of a therapist but it also can be in the form of a good relationship where two people are committed to that process and recognize that yes their demons are going to come up their fears are going to emerge, their jealousies, their, their feelings of inadequacy, their shame, their guilt will be triggered. Mm -hmm. And if they can hold that together so that they can observe it, but not have it dominate them. Yeah. So, for example, Keisha, some you know people who who get really angry really fast when their feelings get hurt. Okay, it's a very common one. Right. In relationships, you know, you say something, or or you look at someone else, and jealousy comes up in your partner, and they and they get furious if they can learn to like interrupt that, just notice it, but not act on it, not speak it, not attack mm -hmm. the other person with the energy. Then they can share it and it becomes very vulnerable. It's like, yeah, I was jealous and I got mad at you. Okay, I'm gonna do my best not to do that, to keep you know working with that. Okay. Yeah. Then we can reclaim our tenderness mm. because human beings you know in addition to 
everything else that we have, we have this tenderness that easily hurts. Yeah. And we, when there's a lot of wounds, that gets buried. Very so, much so. So to reclaim it, you know, it's part of that process of getting to know ourselves in a deep way. Yeah. And, and I have to agree with that because um, I suppressed a lot of things in life. Um, I wasn't fully identifying me as a person. Um, I did a lot for others. I, you know, supported others. And, you know, I lived day to day, but really like stepping into my healing journey, I just didn't realize once I really started identifying, there was a lot of things that I had to unpack. Um, and sometimes we feel like that these things don't affect us. But if we truly step into that journey, I had to realize a lot of the things that I denied that affected me were affecting me like crazy. Um, and doing that, also, I was able to open up to my partner and say, hey, I'm really on this journey right now. You know, I don't know how I'm going to react to certain things, but I want your understanding, you know, um, because it took a lot of patience, you know, not along with me, but with regards to my relationship. Um, and but one thing that I want people to understand is there are some people who may not want to be a part of that process with you. And I had to understand and, and take that chance to say, you know what, if you're not willing to go through this healing journey with me, I'm going to be hurt, but I understand, you know, um, I don't feel like that people should be, feel like they have to be obligated to go through these journeys, especially when people have their own journeys to go to go through. Um, I did have to understand that because, you know, we feel like, oh, you know, you've been with me, then you need to go through this with me. I don't always feel that way now, um, but I'm grateful and blessed that I did have somebody that was, you know, that did walk that journey with me. But I also believe that we don't necessarily should not feel obligated to have to do that. Yeah, it doesn't work well if it's an obligation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes when people feel like, oh, well, you know, I, I, you need to go through this with me, you know, and, and the thing that gets me and irks me the most now is when people are like, you know how I am. If you're telling me that, then you know, it's a negative trait of yours. And it's something that you need to work on. If that's something that you're saying to me, I'm going to evaluate that because you can make changes for that. I'm not going to accept your negativity because it's something that you have embedded into yourself forever. We all have the capability to make changes in our life, you know, and if you are steady telling me that and you're like, oh, I'm not going to make any changes, then, hey, then our season may be over and I'm OK with that. I'll be yeah. hurt emotionally, but healing wise. Yeah, I will be so OK with that. Um, a lot of things, too, I had to realize I had to forgive, you know, a lot of things, a lot of people that I honestly didn't think had an effect. But again, walking in that journey, um, I had to do a lot of forgiving, um, forgiving myself for accepting a lot of things that I shouldn't have accepted, forgiving people for doing things to me that they did to me, even though I allowed it from an accountability standpoint. But there was a lot of forgiveness that I had to do. Um, and do you think that that's an important factor um, as far as forgiveness? 
Oh, I, I think it's a key. Mm. I think it's a very important, critical factor for, for a number of reasons. Yeah. Uh, the first is that, you know, part of a healing journey is the opening of the heart. You know, the heart is such an important organ, space, uh, energy center. You know, the heart is where spirituality begins. And unless we're able to forgive, to forgive ourselves, to forgive our parents, to forgive each other, our heart stays kind of closed. You know, it stays yeah. a little bit. You know, it's a matter of degree. It's not an on or off switch. It, it's a matter of degree, but to continue to have that energy available, uh, it's really important not to be holding on to resentment, to rancor, to, you know, feelings that... You know, sometimes people people think that the other person is being hurt mm -hmm. by their holding on to anger, for example, towards them. You know, it, we're hurting ourselves with those feelings. And, and to be able to release them opens that channel. Yes. I agree. I... I that was probably the most critical moment for me is to understand that. Um, because again, you know, we hear the I forgive, but I don't forget. Um, and, and that's fine, you know, but forgiveness, I agree with you, is one of the key factors of us healing. Um, we have to begin our healing journey and realizing that everybody's journey is different. Everybody's, you know, mm -hmm. traumas are different, you know, mm -hmm. but forgiving is such a key factor um, because I, I'm letting everything go. There's nothing that can be held against me now because not only am I forgiving, but I'm letting everything out. I'm, the forgiveness to me led to my vulnerability, led to my transparency. Um, all of those things started factoring together. And now it's like, hey, nothing can say, nobody can say anything about me, to me, with me, against me. Hey, I'm not going to feel any kind of way about it, you know, and that was a process. It's still a process. Um, do you agree that a journey is always going to be a journey, especially when you're on a healing journey? I feel like that that's going to be something that we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives, especially when we're intentional with it. Yeah. You know, if, if I were to be given another 80 years to live, I'd still be in that journey. There's right. no... I don't see an end point. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when we can walk on water. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I get it. Of, yeah. In our capacity to love and our capacity to surrender and our capacity mm. to stay connected to the highest vibration of being. Yeah. All of those dimensions wow to even know about them yeah. takes a good while much much less to get to some ending point which right. i don't know if it exists or not but, <laughs> i agree with you on that i don't know if it exists either 
But, you know, Keisha, I think this is so important because if we look at all of the ills, all of the serious problems in society, mm -hmm. for example, violence, oh, addictions, yeah. just those two, violence and addictions, anxiety, depression, relationship distress, yeah. stupid politics. Oh, I mean, yeah. If you yeah. look <laughs> Yes. Oh, you know, yeah. You can trace the roots to trauma of yeah. one kind or another. Small traumas, you know, small frequent traumas, big traumas. The roots of all those problems lie in trauma. Mm. Keeping people from their potential, keeping people from you know, building good communities, families, relationships, all of that. Yeah, okay. I agree. And if, if we can understand that that's why we're here, mm -hmm. we're here to engage this journey. We're here to become our fullest human selves. Yes. Say it again. Our fullest human, human selves. selves. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I think it's so important. Um, we are not what society defines us to be. Um, we are individuals and therefore we are supposed to live our lives how we want, our beliefs, our values, you know, what aligns with us. You know, um, I walk in that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I have lost relationships, you know, with a lot of people because I have chosen to step into my higher self. Um, and I know that there are some who don't understand that. And when you say higher self, they're like, what do you mean? You know, you think you're better than I think I'm better than the individual I was a year ago. I think I'm better than the individual I was a week ago. You know, and yeah. if that intimidates you, that has nothing to do with me. And you're not going to throw your insecurities on me because I want to walk in my unapologetic, confident self. I'm not going to let anyone tear me down anymore. I'm not going to let anyone's feelings trump mine. Not saying that I don't value other people's opinions, but it's not going to take priority over mine. And that is exactly well what I, I, I teach that every day. Your priorities are first. Not saying that nobody else matters, but your priorities matter first because you are more effective when you are self-prioritizing. And that's just the bottom line to that. Absolutely. That's that's very, very eloquently expressed. <laughs> hey, sometimes it has to be said, you know, and you can say it in 50 different ways, you know, and, and everybody will try not to understand. Um, but if they listen to any episode on this podcast, they know that I am so unapologetic when I speak. Um, you know, I've always had a sense of a bold voice, but when I was speaking from a place of havoc, um, it came out a lot differently. Um, it came out more angry and more bitter and more unsure. But now, yeah, no, they know they can't take that away from me at all so um closing out here don let them know like 
what you will suggest as someone who has been on a 60 year healing journey, which I just love that. I'm sorry. I have to keep saying that because it just gives me so much inspiration, you know, um, let folks know, you know, what they can expect, you know, and where, you know, where did they feel that they could be? Um, and just let them give them a little bit of insight and hope, please. Okay. I'll do my best to do that. I want to say one other thing first. Okay. And it's in the, it's in the vein of stretching our imagination a little bit. You said we are individuals mm -hmm. and that of includes our body, right? Right. We have our body. Now, what is our body? Mm. What is our body? When you think about it, you know, it's this thing over here, right? We know right. it. We got shoulders. We have ribs. We have organs. But think about it this way. 70% of our body is liquid. Mm-hmm. 70% is liquid. Now let's go a little further. Let's look at every atom of the trillion and trillions of atoms that make up our body. 99% is space. Mm. A liquid space. We have the potential of really feeling that. See, part of what you know, you, you said, hard to believe that I'm 80 years old. And I said, I teach fluid movement. I've been practicing a discipline called continuum, fluid movement. And I've been practicing for 28 years attempting at 80 to have my body be more and more fluid, reflecting the reality that it's about 70% water. Mm, That's nice. something to think about. That's Absolutely. Think about. It is. And, you know, there's a lot of belief, understanding, that, you know, the body dies, but the spirit doesn't. You, you've heard that? I have. Okay. What if we can sense that? What if it's somehow related to that 99% space mm. that's the constituent of every single atom in the body? And what if we can meditate to a degree that we can actually have, you know, little hints of that eternity. I think that would be dope. Yeah, right. So you asked, you asked for some inspiration. Some Absolutely. Hope. What what if in our primary relationship we can continue to get closer to our partner while simultaneously feeling more our individual self and have that emotional connection get stronger and stronger 
at least into yeah. our 80s. Mm. I can't speak beyond 80s. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> what if that is what you had to look forward to? What if you could keep your sexuality alive in that emotional closeness, in that sense of being a free and autonomous individual simultaneously and have it be better in your 80s than it was in your 70s, Ooh. than it was in your 60s? What if? All that was possible when you embark on this journey and really do your homework. You got to get online. You got to see what's available. You got to look at the books or the podcasts like this one and say, hmm, I never thought that would even be possible. But somebody, somebody there, this old guy, you know, is saying it is possible. Hmm. Would that be worth at least an investigation? I absolutely think it would. And I know my listeners would too. Okay. I know you guys would. <laughs> I speak for you guys. I speak for, you know, I vouch for us. So I definitely think it would be worth it. Um, we all owe ourselves an investigation into our inner selves um, to create the most empowering version of ourselves. Whatever right. that is for us. Right, um, right. I definitely um, agree with that. And I definitely want you to let them know where they can find you at. Cause I know after listening to this episode, they are gonna come looking for you. So please let them know where they can find you. Okay, uh, I'll start with my website, which is www.pathsofconnection.com. You want me to spell that, Keisha? Pats? No, no, it'll be listed in the uh, podcast detail section. So, nope, you're good. Okay, good, good. And you can read my book. I talk about a whole lot of techniques, disciplines, tools, exercises. Uh, and it's titled Healing the Wounds of Childhood and Culture. Subtitle, An Adventure of a Lifetime. Easy to get on Amazon. You can get it on my website, order it through bookstores. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's something I'm definitely probably going to have to get myself because I love just the title has me intrigued. So, <laughs> but yes, I thank you so, so much um, for coming on and just sharing you know, so much value, so much insight. Um, it's definitely the conversations that we need to have. Um, you guys just know that I am so serious about us breaking, you know, societal stigmas and really embracing who we are individually as a community, as a whole, because in order for us to grow, these conversations are super necessary. So Don, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate your time. Um, today again, all his details will be listed in the podcast details section. You guys know where you can find me at. If you have not subscribed, now is the time to do so. Um, favoriting on the podcast platforms, but also follow me on social media at Coach K A Y W D S or the Empowering Real Talk podcast on Instagram. So it's been a pleasure. Thanks again, Don. Y'all stay dope. 
Stay elevated. Stay empowered, baby. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you.